Sometimes it's a lovely bake, but sometimes it's a bit dreadful. Welcome to the Gingham Altar. I'm Mac. And I'm Megan. Every week, we tackle another episode of everyone's favorite baking competition, the Great British Bake Off. And after we've said our piece, we try to put our bakes where our mouths are and replicate some of the recipes from today's episode. But before... Yeah, except not today. Some of you who saw this episode pop up in your feed may have been like, oh, I thought that was dead. (laughs) So... It's not. It was we're back, um, late. We're back, back, back again because both Megan and I have had massive changes in our life in the last couple of months. Yep. Yes, we have. I now have a toddler who before was a baby and a relatively easygoing person, and now she's insane. And also, I moved to Hawaii, so that was right. also pretty big. And Mac, what did you do? So uh, we bought a house. Woo! And so we also moved, still in the same county. You know, I still have the same job and everything, but it makes me feel very grown. I actually made my first mortgage payment today, which makes me feel like I'm 300 years old. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. You still look very young, very supple. Thank you. The woman I went to lunch with yesterday asked me if I was in my 40s. Why would anyone Granted, say that? She was in her 60s. Okay. And she's like, I just, I didn't want to offend you by thinking you were too young. And I was like, you never offend anyone by thinking they're too young. No. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? Men get to age even if women don't. So you're all right. You can be <laughs> salt and pepper and still be sexy. So there you go. I don't know. Do gay men get to age? Is that no, a, no, absolutely oh. not. We age worse than women. Oh, no, that's terrible. I was like, gay 31 is, I don't know, straight people 70. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you 31? I am. 33. I had a birthday during our, our lapse. And actually, I heard a story that you're 31 today. I am, as Happy of this recording. Birthday. Thanks. Happy belated birthday to you as well. No problem. Oh, thank you. Are you doing cake? So actually, when you texted me to record this episode, I was in the middle of making my cake. (laughs) You know you're not supposed to make your... Well, I don't know. Is that a rule that you're not supposed to make your own birthday cake? I'm sure somewhere is like, it's kind of tacky. But I wanted a very specific cake. I know what it is. And I knew that I could make it better than anybody else. Yeah, you don't want some cake, bless his heart, that Dale could make. Sorry, Dale. It's like, Dale makes a fine cake or whatever. But like, this is something that's... I didn't know that. Yeah, like the, like Dale's great at following like instructions and recipes and things mm-hmm, like that, and maybe. so like he will get in it and all that. He doesn't get a lot of joy out of it though, right? Yeah. So, um, but you know, so I'm making a cake right now that actually has a lot of like stopping points in it. So I was able to to come in here and do this, but but I'm gonna make it, and then I'm hanging out with some friends tomorrow, and they're going to eat the rest of it. Wonderful. <laughs> Like, here's happy birthday cake. Oh, excuse yeah. me. I meant to say half a birthday cake. Half a happy birthday cake. There we go. Right, because it's actually, it's my first time making a 12-layer chocolate cake. I was going to ask. Ooh, dang. Is it large and in charge? It is. It doesn't fit in my cake carrier. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's something that my grandmother used to make a lot. She had a 12-layer or a, a lot of layer chocolate cake. And mm. I've just, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's actually interesting. Uh, you boil the icing. Oh, I've heard of that, but I've never done it. And that's how it—that's how you get that icing that sets really firm. Nice. That you can spread really easily, but it sets really firm and comes, you know, in that in that great Southern tradition. You can almost crack it with the knife, like yes, yes, gotcha. And so, like, you know, when I go back in and make more layers, all I have to do is heat the icing back up to melt it enough to spread it. Did it remind you of your chic torta? Uh, no, it was not nearly as much of a pain in the ass. <laughs> you didn't set the kitchen on fire? I, I did not set the kitchen on fire. I did not have to uh, 
I got to make all those layers in separate pans. Mm, that's better. You know? Yeah, that's However, I was thinking, I was like, maybe I'll feather the top and make it a little bit more like festive looking. And I had this deep guttural like, no, <laughs> reaction. And it wasn't until you brought up the shit tort that I realized that's what that's from. That that's the only it. thing I've ever feathered. That was it. And you're like, let's not. No, you're no. fine. No, Just thank the way you, you. Are. <laughs> Hard pass on my stack of rubbery pancakes. I know. And and so, you know, another, one of the reasons that we've been on hiatus for as long as we have is that, and I didn't realize this until Megan was moving, but when the military moves a lot of your stuff, sometimes it takes forever to get to you. Yeah, uh, it has taken, so they packed up our stuff in early June and it arrived mid-August. So it was two months of living out of suitcases, which was very normal if you were like a Victorian lady, less so if you were me. And so you haven't had a microphone or a house or a kitchen or anything like that in like 60 days. Yeah, we lived in a hotel for a month. And that was the month when my baby turned into a toddler. You lived in a hotel for a month with a baby? Yes. No! And she stopped sleeping like a human being. So she's a cry it out kind of kid. The way she sleeps best is if you turn the light out, you feed her, you turn on the sound machine, you put her in the bed, and you leave. And she might grump a little for like two minutes, but then she's out for hours and sleeps great. The problem is things got kind of messed up when we moved because it's a, you know, 10 to 12 hour flight, which was its own terrible story. So we finally get here and she's all discombobulated from the time changing and we have to put her in bed, but she has all these sleep issues and we can't let her cry it out because we're in a hotel room and we have neighbors on the other side of a wall. So instead she woke up anywhere from, I I think the earliest she woke up was 3.30 in the morning. And that went on for a month of like a good night being one where she makes it to six, like really wanting to party when she made it to six. And as soon as it's funny, we signed our lease on a place on base and we didn't have any furniture yet. And uh, Ryan had already arranged to have one more night in the hotel so we'd have beds. And I told him like, no thanks, drop us off with a pack and play. I will, I will sleep on the floor with a blanket and a pillow. It is better to do that and know that I can ignore her when she wakes up at 4 a.m. and freaks out than it is to sleep here one more night. It was better because she woke up (laughs) and she freaked out. She was really pissed for maybe like 20 minutes and then she went back to sleep and slept for another two and a half hours. So it was like, oh, that is exactly what you needed to scream for a good 20 minutes and that was the last thing that I could let you do. But anyway, so it's all ironed out and now she's great. Right. So, I mean, so we're both in a really kind of different spot. Very. I guess that kind of answers my next question of, did you do a lot of baking while we were on hiatus? (laughs) Oh, hearty har har. Oh, I wish that I could have done that. I mean, I, I didn't. When you do a military move, there's what is often called a short shipment. And that one, I believe, comes by air. And then you have the long shipment, which is the vast majority of your possessions. And that comes by by boat. And so we got our fast shipment and that had like bare minimum kind of dishes. And But I, like I had to go out and buy a, a jelly roll pan or a cookie sheet so that I mm-hmm. could roast vegetables or whatever. But I finally got all my stuff back. I unpacked the kitchen, which took about... I'm going to say it's going to sound crazy, but I think it probably took about 12 hours 
total. Um, and it's, yes, I do have a lot of kitchen crap. I worked at a houseware store and bought everything for a kitchen that I wanted. There is nothing else that I want, but that means I have a lot of kitchen crap. This is a great kitchen. I'm, I'm looking at it right now and it's really big. I have plenty of storage. There's an island that's about maybe like four, four and a half by three feet. So I've got that nice workspace with nothing on it in the middle um, plenty of counters, but every time you move, the cupboard dimensions are different. And so no matter how much space you have, whatever worked in the last place is not going to work anymore. Right. So you have, did you have that experience when you moved into the house? Right. So we bought a house out in the suburbs of Atlanta and it's got a, you know, it's a cute little kitchen and some people have looked at it. It's like, it's not that big. It's like, but if it's just one person working in here, there's not too many services that I need. And so actually one of the things that I liked about it is the previous owners bought and left a kind of, it's like a cabinet that's like a second pantry. Ooh, nice. Um, so it's it's big. It's I mean, it's as tall as I am. Yep. Uh, it's deep. And so that's where all of my like tools are. This is where we throw in that Mac is like seven feet tall. Not actually yeah, seven. Uh, what are you like, six foot four? Six foot four. And yeah. then more with hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of hair. <laughs> so... Like, so all the stuff that I used to have just out on the cabinets or things like that now get to be stored away. Or I used to store them in, um, like, bedroom closets and things like that. And that's very soothing to my brain when things aren't all over the counters. Right. And a lot of stuff that I used to store out on this sideboard that we have are actually in cabinets now. So the sideboard is literally just glassware. And the top of it actually has, like, a decorative lining of all of my cookbooks on it. something similar actually i have this beautiful antique china cabinet that i got while ryan was deployed very sneakily and it's my favorite thing in the whole world and the movers only messed it up a teensy bit so nobody had to die (laughs) but yeah that's my spot to put pretty stuff and then all the serviceable things go on the other side of the room in the kitchen it's working out really nice and there's actually there was one thing that when we were touring the house there's a it has a bar, but we're not using the bar because that's just not the kind of people that we are. So instead, the the puppy's kennel is beneath that. Get used a whole lot more. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we've there's a plug-in like directly underneath the bar, and I was like, I will never use that. I use that plug-in practically once a week because it's it's counter space, right? Right. Well, and so because I'm not using that bar as like an eating surface. That's a great place to put the instant pot or a slow cooker yep. or the stand mixer while it's just going and going and going because it's out of the way. And when you do have a party, that'll be a great spot for the same kind of stuff. Like since it is a bar, it would be a great place for a blender if you were going right. to do something like that. Ooh, yeah, jelly. So I actually like I've uh, you know completely turned around about it. Another thing, uh, this is my first time since gosh when I lived in LA, so a decade of having gas appliances. <gasps> Oh, now I'm jealous. So I've got a gas oven and a gas range. And so that has been really, really nice to have. I bet. Have you burned yourself yet? I have not burned myself on it yet. Um, I'm sure that I will. But it's it's been a lot of relearning because I've been working off of a convection cooktop for the last several years. Which is like a glass top, correct? Right. Okay. And I... Like, I understand that they're kind of the way of the future, the way of the future, the way of the future. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you don't like I, it. I always felt like I was going to scratch the shit out of it. Yeah. You know, like if you're like sauteing and running stuff up and down, like, you know, the, the iron pan holders that I've got on my current range, I'm not going to do anything to those. Nope. If there's a fire, they will be a okay. 
Uh, right. Everything else will be gone, but they'll be fine. I didn't ruin my cooktop, but it did not look brand new when I moved out. And mm. I couldn't tell if they were just like glad that we didn't complain a whole lot or if they were just trying to get us the hell out of there. But this is the only apartment I've ever moved out of where they did not charge me for a single thing. Whoa. Way I to know. go. Actually, we didn't get charged when we moved out either. And they, the people we rented from had some pretty gnarly reviews from the year before. So I was all ready to have to like duke it out and be ugly. And that's really not my style. So I'm very relieved that instead they were just like, thank you. Goodbye. I like, I kind of budgeted for all this sort of stuff. And they're like, I budgeted like, we're gonna have to pay this certain amount of damages. And like, here's what we're gonna need to get out of the apartment early and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And actually, like, they cut us a really good deal to get out early um, because they didn't charge us for like anything that they absolutely didn't have to. Awesome. Got charged for nothing else. So I bought a couch. Yay! Um, (laughs) Did they they prorate for the rest of the month when you got out? So they prorated it and then they didn't charge me for the water or the pet control or the pet fee or anything like that. They literally charged me for the empty rooms and that was it. Oh my gosh. They must've wanted you out because they know that you blew up the stove one time and they were really afraid you'd do it again. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, that, actually when the, <laughs> when the property manager was walking around with me, she's like, this is one of our newer stove models. And I was like, yes, you are. Correct. Yes, it is. <laughs> And it is a lovely one. Thank you so much. (laughs) I absolutely didn't blow up a stove making pear pies. Did, oh, that reminds me. Did I burn myself before or after the end of last season? I can't remember you burning yourself last season. So So that must have been after. I made some mocha muffins and had a really dramatic burn. Um, I like, it's dramatic enough that like the skin bubbled up. Um, yeah. And it like, like I, the first night it happened, I had to fall asleep with an ice pack on it and I probably should have gone to the emergency room, but I didn't. Uh, Just a word to the wise. If you decide to do a pour over, even if you need to measure how much strong coffee you're making, it's probably best not to do it on top of a measuring cup where the mouth is slightly wider than the base of the pour over because you just might tap it with your arm or wrist or whatever and fling boiling coffee, literally boiling coffee, over your arm and then you end up with some cool scars that make it look like somebody put cigarettes out on you. Yeah, I'm always impressed by uh, when you see people who are on or like professional cooks or things like that. Oh my like gosh, that. the scars. Like, right, they're all scarred up, but like then they'll like they'll get a burn or they'll like nick themselves a little bit and mm-hmm. like it's annoyed. That's, you know, the reaction yeah. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um Anthony Bourdain talks about that in Kitchen Confidential, I believe. Like about being he was whining about something and the guys he worked with in the kitchen on the line were like you're an ass hat. And he looked around and they were all like covered in scars to the elbow. And <laughs> I like, oh, never mind. I see right. that I'm a weenie. Man, I am a weenie. It was bad. So I know what you love about the new kitchen. Is there anything that you think you're eventually going to replace? Here's my kind of thought. is if we stay in this house for a long time, the kind of living room area, it's not open concept exactly Mm -hmm. you know there's there's i mean there's a bar and like a half wall between the rooms and all that and it it goes around a corner but like i don't need a a full dining area um and i also don't like where the the light is hung in the dining area so like my table isn't centered beneath it because that's not where i want the table to go i'm an eat-in kitchen lady right Mm -hmm. and and like this the way that this was laid out was clearly for 
entertaining. You know, it's a big space and you can have a lot of people over and that's all great. But for my thing, what I would rather do is bump out the kitchen to absorb that eating area Mm. and create more workspace along those those walls or things like that so and then make like it more more cabinets or long tables maybe like one more bank of cabinets i don't have like this extra pantry is kind of required because i don't have a ton of cabinets mm. or and then you know maybe just a little bit of extra you know storage and things like that you know for the most part it works fine for me Sweet. i there's not too much that i've run across that i'm not able to do i mean you know i and then there're just going to be some things where unless I'm get you know into some super you know bougie kind of kitchen I'm just going to have to spread into more spaces so like you know making this layer cake today I needed more room than was on my cabinets for making icing 12 layers you know running right. a stand mixer doing all this stuff so it works out great and then you know th- there's no great place for the trash can to go mm. oh I hate that and now I have two trash cans cuz we recycle out here yep I don't love that. And so if I could come up with another solution for that, I'd probably do it. What about your kitchen? Things I would... Well, I won't be changing anything because it's a rental. But things that I am less thrilled with... uh, Well, the things that I'm really thrilled with... The last place we were had um, a tile countertop. I was just thinking about that because I was like, oh, I didn't say... uh, I have granite countertops now and I'm not that kind of girl, but they are really nice. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are that kind of girl now. (laughs) You are, buddy. And you are for sure someone on House Hunters now. Uh, (laughs) But our last one, uh, if you're thinking like a tile countertop could be kind of fun. No, it can't. So if you're a listener considering it, please don't. Because every bit of yuck, every crumb, every uh, bit of chicken goo runs right into the grout. And you can't just run a washcloth over it to clean it off or a Clorox wipe. You just, you have to get like a little brush to sweep things out of the grout, which is just a level of care that I do not miss. So it's great that there are solid countertops. They're not pretty. They're not exciting. And I don't care. It's honestly pretty great. Like it's the best case scenario. A lot of places here, the standard size of a home is smaller than elsewhere because it's an island limited space pretty dense population and so getting a place with this large of a footprint for the kitchen was really exciting i have way more natural light than i did in the last house there are windows everywhere there are vertical blinds which some people hate but don't bother me at all it's very like builder's grade so i want to work in some color i bought this really fun print Uh, when I was in Alabama at an art show and it is a lady making a cake I would presume and it's really brightly colored but if you look closely it looks kind of like 1950s ad uh, Mm -hmm. but if you look really closely scratched into the paint was domestic AF which I think is funny and (laughs) so I think I'm gonna frame that up and kind of have that bring some color into the room but I also found a bunch of Fiesta Ware mugs for a dollar a piece at the thrift store. And yeah, I I bought like 16 of them because I can't be controlled. And I thought I might um, use them as planters and have a line of those brightly colored mugs across the windowsill. I actually think that that might be the next like purchases. I am this weird mixture of extravagant and cheap when it comes to like what I'll buy. That's perfect. And so like... You know, I don't, I don't like wasting money or things like that. But at the same time, like if we absolutely need something, then we should just go buy it. 
Right. And there's no sense in, in going without if we need it because we're middle class verging on upper middle class. Yeah. So you've got it, but you just might not necessarily want to spend it. Right. And so it's like, like our dishes are so mismatched and oh like Lord. battered and beaten looking and all this. And so it's like, there's nothing wrong with the ones that we've got, except that like, they're really starting to show their age. I still have the dishes that I got from you. Those are the dishes we're using. That's so funny. Those have been through some things, Matt. <laughs> so it was like, so they at least came from you, if not from somebody else before you. For those of you who have not heard this story, Mac moved into what was my apartment when I let when I got married and left Tifton. And Megan sold me everything she didn't want to carry for a hundred dollars. Oh, did you pay me? I forgot that you paid me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I barely paid you for the amount of shit you left. Yeah, so. I left. I left furniture. I left dishes. I got an armor. I got kitchen stuff. I got all sorts of, mm-hmm. like thing that goes over a door to hang towels on that we still use. Yep. Like we still have a lot of that stuff. Some of it has like gone into the, you know, the great, the great, you know, goodwill goodwill in the sky. Which A-okay. I mean, but yeah, that would have, that was a nice life moment for both of us because for (laughs) me it was like, oh my God, how, what am I going to do with all this? And for you, it was like, sweet. I don't have to buy this. And right. Yeah. Because uh, I had just done that uh, in LA and I was like, oh, it's it adds up so much because oh, like everything that you're used to just having. And that's actually when we moved this time, we had acquired a lot more stuff and I don't, I don't keep a lot of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a fairly pared down kind of person yeah. when it comes to belongings, but just the things that we've acquired that like you need every once in a while. They just kind of add up over time or you upgrade your furniture. And so what used to be kind of a weird empty hole, you have something to go in that now. Yeah. I'm also a thrifter and a bargain hunter. So every now and then I find things that I don't necessarily need, but are too good to pass up. And that is a problem. That's where it's like, do you own a store? Then you don't need it. Right. Oh, we went to an, we went to an art festival yesterday that was really good. And I almost... Actually, the artist that has the uh, the painting that's in our living room was showing, and I love their stuff. Um, they they do a, a kind of drip painting. Mm. Um, so it's like a Jackson Pollock, but it makes a picture. Oh, that's fun. And so we have like a, like, and and Dale really loves like texture and like art you can touch and Perfect. like, you know, has a feeling to it. Yep. And so I really like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, the King and Queen building in Atlanta. I don't. It's these two buildings on uh, the north side of Atlanta that have these white like sculptures on top of them. I really like them. They, they really resonate with me, but they had a, an image of that. And I had to like, I walked by it a couple of times and I was like, I mean, it's only $400, which is a lot of money, but like, <laughs> for you know, art, it's not. for art, it's really not. <laughs> and, and, and like, I found out because like, you bought a house 45 days ago. <laughs> Wait, but did you go for it? No, no, I left it. Cause it's the sort of thing where it's like, I know where to find this person. Mm-hmm. And so if I want it, and I was also kind of thinking, I was like, do I really want multiple pieces by the same person in my house? Or do I want to expand out to other things that I like? Yeah. We're doing this thing where, and we already have more than we can hang. So I've already gone overboard. That took about two seconds. Where you sort of gradually decorate your home with things you found in different places since we'll live in a lot of different places. So, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so um 
trying to find things that are uniquely of that place. Like one of the things that we picked up while we were in Alaska, it's a cribbage board made from a moose antler. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so it's just, the game is, it's not really anymore, but historically it was like one of those games people played during long winter nights. Also, my family plays cribbage a lot you know, to kill the time, big family gatherings, that kind of thing. The way, like, Ryan's family plays Uno, which is a terrible game, which I always lose. I don't know why. It's supposed to be a game of luck. It is not. Um, Let's see. We play Spades, which is, you know, just made for making enemies. Oh, perfect. Because it's (laughs) partner-based. So you can either be against the other team or against your partner. Whoa. uh, Because they have made poor choices. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like that when families have their game. I like Jen Rummy a lot, but I don't remember how to play it. I used to play a lot of Jen online on the Yahoo games. Because, you know, when I was 13, I was really 73. (laughs) I was thinking, like, that sounds, like, really lonely. (laughs) uh, I was an odd child where I was like, I had friends, but then I was very much in my own internal world. I wish that you and I had spent more time together when we had the chance because... (laughs) I don't know. We were both going through our own periods of extreme solitude. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, if my childhood hadn't had like those like weird loner teen years, I don't think that I would be the person that I am today. Oh, definitely. No, I know I wouldn't. And, you know, that's not worth getting into on a baking podcast. But speaking of the baking and getting to the Great British Bake Off, the new season has premiered and it is now uh, streaming on... I guess ITV in Britain, because it's not on the BBC anymore. But they have a new licensing deal with Netflix, and so it is being released every Friday as a Netflix original. Which is huge. Right. So actually, I think this is for the very first time people in the United States can watch the show as it's airing. And it's not bingeable, which I know binging on television is like the wave of the moment, but I feel like there's something that you you lose the sense of anticipation, especially for reality TV or competition-style TV. So I think it's really cool. So in that vein, we are going to jump in with this new season for our next season. Yes. We will not keep pace with the season. No. It will will be long done before we're even half done, I'm sure. Yes. But uh, we are going to get started. I actually watched the first episode last night and talking about how things aren't bingeable or how it's not bingeable this doesn't even have a next time on the great british bake-off <gasps> oh. you know it's like oh because it's not happened yet right maybe maybe it will be biscuit week Ooh. maybe <laughs> that's really exciting i don't know i didn't expect to be i mean i knew but i didn't expect i, I forgot about that that it's yeah like because that's just a normal thing on most reality shows and it's not that's another thing that doesn't happen on this one they haven't made it yet it doesn't exist. <laughs> the future is unknown. It has an interesting cast, Ooh. and uh, I'm sure we will talk about them. And then uh, if you've not watched ahead on The Great British Bake Off, this is post-BBC breakup. So the only staff person that's the same is Paul Hollywood. Right. Okay. Well, that ought to be interesting, too. We'll have plenty to talk about there. And I'll be candid. I have a terrible memory, and I've watched seasons with the new hosts and judge and i don't remember them very well so for me it'll be like a whole new experience let's see if i can remember them so the guy presenter his name is noel or noel 
No. And he is like a goth comedian, I guess is the vibe that I get off of him. He is famous for being on the uh, show The IT Crowd, among other things. Okay. I mostly know him just from being around. (laughs) Um, Like, he's often a panelist on British things. Yes. And he's like the quiz of the year or things like that i've looked at his instagram and he's a genuinely kooky character like he's not faking it oh no like you can just tell from the clothes that he's wearing it's like you brought that from home yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are your own guy nobody put that on you Um, (laughs) my friend Lindsay has a crush on him (laughs) yep he's a lot of luck yep so um, (laughs) she's not afraid she's not afraid the other the other host is sandy toskvig I think is her last name. That's fun to say. And the only two things that I remember about her is that she is half Danish mm-hmm. and a full lesbian. She. <laughs> well, the first one sounds edible. The second doesn't. Um, oh, well, <laughs> depending on your point of view. Oh, and apparently, according to her Wikipedia page, which I just pulled up, she is a founder of the Women's Equality Party. Oh, that's nice. Generally. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, get it. So, uh, and she's also a playwright and a novelist. God, she's got a lot of shit going on. And she looks like your fun aunt. Right. And that's kind of how she sounds, too. Mm-hmm. And then the Mary Berry replacement, not that anybody could replace Mary Berry, is Prue Leith. Okay, what's Prue famous for? So she's a restaurateur, chef, television presenter, business person. She's just kind of around. She has like an Iris Apfel kind of vibe. A little bit. Before, she was on the Great British Menu, which was another BBC show, kind of like food oriented and things like that. Okay. Uh, So she's been kind of a, a food personality. For a while. She likes a chunky necklace. She does. Like a chunky mod kind of necklace. I'm into it. Right. And like, I like her, you know, I kind of like Mary Berry a little bit better, but you know, everybody's got their preferences and things like that. It's hard to come in after a really winning crew. And I get why the great breakup happened. I think the gist of it was that this other network was willing to pay more is what it really comes down to. Right. Love Productions. They shopped it around. And I think the story that I remember reading was ITV offered more money than the BBC, but they didn't really give the BBC the chance to counter. Ooh, So it was a little bit dirty. And so like they jumped ship and Prue and Sue and um, Mel... Uh, Prue, Sue, and Mel all were like, nah, fuck y'all. Yeah. (laughs) We love the BBC and... They were just like, "This how this happened was super sketchy. Uh And so, you know, kind of compared to this last season, I'm interested to see how you and I cope because the difficulty level on this show raises every season. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the one we did last was already very much at the edge of what I was capable of. Right. And so, I mean, I'll give you, you know, a, a the the three things that you can choose to do for next week okay. are you can make a, a fruit cake of any variety. Okay. When you say a fruit cake, do you mean like... A cake with dried fruit in it. Okay. With a, a in the words of them, a preponderance of fruit. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> the technical is an, is an angel food cake slice. So it's like... Three flavors of angel food cake on top of each other that you all you made all together. Dear Lord. The technical instructions, like the pared down instructions, were still a page and a half. Jeez. So, and I um, don't own an angel food cake pan, so... Right. Also, angel food cake is just a pain in the ass. I will 
say, though, it was my great-grandmother's favorite, and my mom would make her an angel food cake for all of her birthdays, and that does give it some sort of nostalgia for me that might make it worth investing in a pan and making it happen. Maybe, yeah. And this one is actually made in a flat pan, so, like, I'd have to look at the instructions for it. And then the showstopper was make the birthday cake you wanted to have as a child. (gasps) Ooh, I'm into that. If I'm feeling like, you know, just cheating, the cake that I made today... Is the birthday cake I wanted as a child. Is it really? It was sometimes the, the birthday layer? cake I had as a child. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I think of like, you know, what is the birthday cake that I want? This is it. I wanted one that looked like a castle that was in this book that my mom had. Oh. Mom had like a cake decorating book. <gasps> Ooh, I just thought of another one that I remember. Um, she had a page torn out of a magazine. You know Teddy Grahams? Yeah. It was a bunt cake made to look... Made into to look like a swimming pool for the little Teddy Grahams. That's pretty cute. It's adorable. Teddy Grahams always remind me that we buy these very bougie dog treats for our dog because we're those people. (laughs) And um, they look like Teddy Grahams. And every time we buy them, the people at the pet store are sure to remind us that they're made in a human-grade facility. And we can eat some if we want to. They all have. (laughs) Where are you shopping? Is this Uh, Hollywood feed? No, it's okay. called Pooch and Paws. Oh, it's worse. But then they got bought out by Bentley's Pet Stuff. That's... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot here in the Burbs. That is that is intense. Oh, my gosh. So, I you also, have never uh, sounded wealthier to me. <laughs> I get That's okay, because I did go there, and I was going to buy Bess an antler. And mm-hmm. uh, they're like, that antler is $32. And I was like, absolutely not. You know what, though? They do I know last. everybody who I've told this story to says, like, it's an investment. It lasts for such a long time. And I was it's like, true. Right. But, like, you know, I can make sweet potato cookies that will also last a long time for, like, three bucks. That's true. And you're right about that. However, she must not be a crazy chewer like someone. She's not. Okay. No. Yeah. That's that's the real dividing line. Uh, Winston refuses to chew anything except, you know, food, the soft, delicious things. And so instead, I get to pay over $1,000 periodically to have a medical professional scrape plaque off of his teeth because he won't chew on anything designed to clean them. Good. Yeah. Super duper. So... Uh, so yeah, so we can, you know, so those are the kind of kind of be the things that we can ponder and we can start making oh as we jump back into the podcast, jump gosh. back into our kitchens, and uh, jump back into all of this. So, is there anything else uh, that has happened food wise or otherwise that you wanted to bring up before we kind of sign off today? It's not super related, but I ruined something yesterday. So, what'd you ruin? It was a roast, and it was it was. I bought the wrong cut and I knew it was the wrong cut, but I didn't know how wrong it was until I got started. And then I tried to like change directions uh, midway through and it was just a hot mess. And the lesson I have here is buy what the recipe says that you need when they're talking about meat, if you don't understand meat. And so I don't, but anyway, so luckily we won't be cooking. Well, we might be cooking with meat actually come to think of it. They do sometimes. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, usually, you know, I, if we were going to do the season that we were talking about before the break, I actually have written down what I was going to do every week. Like you, I went ahead and like looked at it and even pulled recipes. You're such so a like I'm flying without a net this time. Yeah. And I'm sure you all can hear my dog going ape shit in the backyard. She hates seeing people <laughs> that aren't us. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> just so. kidding. I'm actually kind of a people person. <laughs> but I, the only reason why I bring up the the ruined roast is just because I know that the best stories we tell are the ones that people most enjoy are the ones where we ruin something. And so I've already begun to ruin things. And I feel like it can only get worse as we progress because with the level of difficulty of each season increasing, it's going to be a great, great season for the podcast, if not for my palate. I think that's a a great note to end on. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend or give us a rating review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you're listening. You can also reach out to ask us questions and let us know what you think about the show by emailing us at theginghamaltershow at gmail.com. You can find out more about the show and see pictures of our attempted breaks on Instagram at theginghamaltershow. Our theme music is Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license, and all these details and more can be found in the show notes each week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Megan. And this is Mac. Wishing you a lovely bake. Bye.